Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to the AEW Dynamite preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Dynamite. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review AEW Dynamite, but also AEW Rampage, Raw, SmackDown, NXT 2.0 pay per views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with the bloody quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidrich to look ahead to AEW Dynamite tonight. And if you think we're sounding weird and whispering and wondering where Michael Hamlet is, it's because we are recording right next door to where we've been filming a day of quizzes. So apologies if this is out slightly late. But still, AEW Dynamite tonight, Sidge, what, a week and a half away from full gear? It's, it's kicking into gear, isn't it? Absolutely. I expect a lot of the conflicts to get ramped up. I expect one particularly compelling possibility to be both realised and realised gloriously um, in the case of a very quick talking point we'll mm-hmm. get to. Um, it's obviously under a cloud, yes. this episode of AEW Dynamite. I'm not looking forward to it in the same way I would virtually every single other one because I think my thoughts, your thoughts, and basically everyone's thoughts are with uh, John Moxley, his family, his friends, his uh, support network. Um, yeah, I mean... Hopefully they'll put a smile on our faces. They've stolen WWE's company motto. Um, <laughs> but it's going to be a challenge, I think. Mm, yeah, exactly. We should deal with the uh, with the elephant in the room. Like you say, if you're unaware of this, uh, news broke last night, uh, revealed by AEW founder and president Tony Khan, that John Moxley is entering an inpatient alcohol treatment program. Therefore, obviously, he is as you would expect, out of that AEW title eliminated tournament. Look, we're not going to sit here and pitch potential replacements. It feels sort of wrong to do something like that, but it is something that they're going to have to deal with tonight very sensitively. I mean, yes, absolutely. Like, the show kind of has to go on, but I can honestly say that I've not really given it more than a moment's thought who's going to replace him. It feels like it's in bad taste. I just would rather know that he's doing as best as he can. And their idea will probably be better than ours anyway. We'll just wait and see how it 
players are. Yeah, obviously our thoughts are with uh, with Mox, uh, with Renee, obviously with their new child and stuff. It's it's a horrible uh, new story to have to break and talk about. We did it this morning, me and Andy. Um, we just wish him well in his recovery. And yeah, it'll be intriguing, but we're not going to speculate as to what happens with, with Orange Cassidy, Brian Danielson and the rest of that title eliminator tournament. Absolutely. It's just one of those where it just goes to show that everyone struggles. Um, mm-hmm. The picture of John Moxley was of, and it still is, of just this incredible human being, this incredible man who just seem to have it, absolutely have it all. And it just goes to show that nobody has it all. Like, absolutely nobody on this planet has it all. And, uh, yeah, I just can't stop thinking about them, basically. Yeah, I said something on the news today with Andy, and I hope people don't take this the wrong way, but I said it just goes to show, like, he's got this book coming out. He's obviously got you know, happily married with Renee. He's got a baby daughter. He's, one would have assumed, been heavily involved in this AW title eliminator tournament and presumably heading to the final. I think we've, we've sort of fantasy booked that. And I think the main thing to take away from all this is your well-being is the most important thing out of everything. You know, you should never feel that pe- things are more important than your own well-being. And that's, you know, one of the things that you can be a real example of here. Absolutely. I don't think anyone, well, as the obvious dickhead, bad faith trolls on Twitter, and everyone should mute them or block them. Mm-hmm. You know exactly who we're talking about. It's like the same three or four guys, and they have the burner accounts. WWE Gareth and all the rest of the <laughs> yes. just need to fuck off. We need to ignore them. And uh, I don't think a single person in good faith was like, oh, I was really looking forward to that match. What a shame. Everyone's just really thinking like, who cares about that? Yeah, Who cares about that? Let's just hope that he's okay. Uh, but let's talk about tonight's show. We've got a huge match with Cody versus Andrade. We've got an open challenge from FTR. We've got uh, developments in the TBS title tournament. Uh, but arguably one of the most important things to look forward to tonight is a development from Rampage, of course. The coming together of Eddie Kingston and CM Punk, a match we got sold on in, what, 30 seconds of uh, Eddie Kingston losing his rag, understandably, after being eliminated from the title eliminated tournament by Brian Danielson and saying, I know you... Stop laughing at me and CM Punk saying, I'll put you to sleep. Do you think Punk responds to that tonight as well? Certainly. It feels like that's very much the match that they have inside for full gear. Um, I don't want to talk about the Rampage angle because I'll be here all day. <laughs> it was absolutely perfect. It was the way they treated the broadcast as a sacred broadcast as one that makes sense in the parameters of a TV program. This is meant to be an emulation of a broadcast. I just loved every single bit about the format of the way it was done, how naturalistic it was, blah, blah, blah. Listen to the Rampage review, mm-hmm. wherever you get podcasts from, for my um, full extended thoughts on how much I adored that angle. I'm interested in how this goes. Does Eddie Kingston initiate things? Or do we get the traditional, now traditional, do the first match, then you get the CM Punk interview appearance immediately after that, and then does he get interrupted? It would actually feel, you know, as much as we moan and groan about when WWE do it, this is legitimate. If, he, if I'm Eddie Kingston walking about backstage and Punk's out there in the ring lambasting me for interrupting him last week, I'm like, bollocks this and pushing, shoving people out of the way, especially with you know what he's going through at the moment. That's the thing with the, the first angle of this hopeful storyline perfected one of the most wacky and deadening tropes in all of TV wrestling, and I include WWE and AEW in that, particularly because I expect more of the latter, and they've just fallen to the traps of how to engineer a quick conflict artist to interview backstage interruption. This is the one time it would make sense to happen, and I have all the faith in the world, considering how beautifully elegant that last one was, if in fact CM Punk motions to cut a promo, and Eddie Kingston interrupts him. Or, we could subvert that, and CM Punk could grab the microphone and say, Eddie Kingston, get your 
an arse out here right now. I know exactly what's going to happen. Let's just cut with all the TV drama bollocks and get out here face to face. And just to put over John Moxley, because I feel like I'm going to really miss putting him over mm. for the uh, foreseeable future, they could do something akin to that absolutely seminal go-home promo at um, ahead of full gear last year when Moxley and Kingston got each other's face and everyone was like, how can Eddie Kingston put over the fact that this is real to him so well? It was one mm. of the best face-to-face. Oh, great. Um, Vorhead to forehead. It was absolutely unbelievable. If they can even approach a diluted version of that magic, it'll probably be the best angle this year because last year's version was certainly the best angle of last year. Yeah, really good that. And uh, you sense, yeah, that's going to lead us towards full gear and that match. Uh, also, uh, presumably we get a response from MJF regarding Darby Allen's challenge from last week about uh, full gear tonight. Yes, this is the uh, penultimate dynamite before the show, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know which way around you do the promo, to be honest. I think everyone's kind of on the hook for this match. They've done the angles, they've done the challenge, they've established that these two people are going to wrestle at some point, if and when, you know, in the parameters of the storyline, um, Darby Arms to recover. Basically, what we need now is MJF to tear Darby Allen apart verbally, sell the match as only he can. Does that happen this week or next? You know what? I'm greedy. Give us both. I've got a great idea that's just popped into my head. What does Darby Allen do often when he's got an issue with someone? He Free makes a film. home movie. Yeah, let's have an MJF version of that with Sean Spears playing the role of Darby Allen or something. I feel like that could be hilarious. I, would, I haven't had a good parody mm. in AEW since Ricky Starks dressed up as Darby Allen. I remember. If MJF can shoot his own film or this week he can sort of tease it, that'll be a hook because MJF's all about dropping hooks for yep. what his character does the very next week. He's an absolutely exceptional episodic TV star. Yeah, I think we've arrived at something that they'll do better at. That's the joy of yes. the show. Uh, let's talk about this TBS title tournament. Uh, it continues tonight. Anna Jay versus Jamie Hayter. In terms of the brackets, the winner goes through then to face Thunder Rosa in the quarterfinals and the winner of that will go through to face the winner of what I assume would be Jay Cargill versus Red Velvet to get to the semis. But yeah, Anna J, Jamie Hayter, how do you see this one going? Well, it's funny because your wrestling brain, and in AEW do play with the shades of grey, mm-hmm. the dreaded tweener word, except they make it good. They don't necessarily condemn themselves to do face versus heel all the time. It's just a more advanced and layered company than that, which complicates, or it doesn't complicate, it just enriches this potential match because one, Anna Jay is a more pushed commodity mm-hmm. than Jamie Hayter. So you could very much see her going through and just having a babyface versus babyface match because AEW don't shy away from that because we're not five-year-old children watching it. <laughs> They're actually 62 watching the other channel. But Vince McMahon <laughs> books for five-year-olds yeah. and it gets watched by 62-year-olds. You know what I'm talking about. By the same token, Jamie Hayter versus Thunder Rosa. Proper face versus heel match. Jamie Hayter... Um, can heat up the concurrent deft dovetailing booking potential. Clacks on. Deft (laughs) dovetailing booking. If um, Britt Baker screws Anna Jay out of this match, you arrive at... It's always better with the face versus heel. Like, these Mm -hmm. things, more often than not, are better. I'm not rubbishing that trope for trope's sake. I'm just saying, don't beat me over the head without... That has to happen all the time. If you get the, let's face it, better Thunder Rosa versus Jamie Hayter dynamic... You can arrive at that when Britt Baker potentially screws Anna Jay out of tonight's 
tournament match, and that will, in theory, indirectly heat up Britt Baker versus Ty Conti, mm-hmm. of course, best mates in Dark Order with Anna Jay, and you can accomplish two things. You can protect Anna Jay, you can advance the slow burn Jamie Hayter push, and you can deepen the heft of the, uh, the women's title match at All Out. Three things. Yeah. I generally can't call this. I'll go Anna, Anna Jay just to make things interesting. But I think that's a really nice bit of booking, particularly with the uh, take on T Britt Baker match on the horizon. So deft. So deft <laughs> dovetailing. It's like how they've arrived at this particular match in this bracket and how it just corresponds nicely with the, uh, the women's title match. He's very good. He's very good at women. <laughs> you establish connections. You make, the, uh, you make the landscape more immersive. You get loads more to play with narratively. Very good. (laughs) Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is another mask. (laughs) (laughs) You can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday, wherever you get your podcast, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Uh, right, let's talk about this open challenge. FTR putting their AAA World Tag Team titles on the line uh, ahead of, of course, facing the Lucha Bros for the AW Tag Titles at full gear. Who's going to answer this open challenge? I feel like, you know, the Lucha Bros dressed as the super frogs to respond to this would be slightly preposterous, but... Well, it feels like the most logical way, you know, to have the Lucha Bros. But then, I don't know, you don't want to burn through another Lucha Bros FTR match, do you? 
Well, this is the weird thing. If you go through the law of the conquistadors <laughs> and apply that to this book, and yes, Phoenix and Penta will dress up as two separate luchador characters in order to recapture the AAA titles, but at the same time, apparently, plans are afoot to have FTR fly over to Mexico and defend the AAA titles. So that wouldn't make sense to, one, beat the Lucha Brothers twice ahead of a pay-per-view match. That's a terrible booking, and I will absolutely bury it tomorrow if, in fact, this is how it plays out. Maybe they'll subvert the Conquistador's angle because it's a bit lame. It was It's a fondly remembered deal in how it's been a part of WWE canon, but it's a bit lame to just thrift it outright. Mm. And at the same time, a lot of people got annoyed by the booking because, look, they performed it well. They put their... They gave it the old college try, the mm, FTR, yeah. and it was amusing. It was an amusing version of something that was dumb. People were kind of appalled that had happened because AEW has an actual interpromotional relationship with AAA. Hence why the titles were on the line in the first place. <laughs> yes. So everyone fantasy booked all these incredible luchadors that they've seen either watching AAA directly or mp4s or gifs or just general buzz mm. like el hijo delphin can go everyone booked him uh dragon lee mm-hmm. yeah maybe they could create the expectation of oh we're gonna do some more conquistador stuff and then no we get two absolutely incredibly talented guys from triple a to finally do what people thought they were going to do the first time around look it's all a bit weird it's all very weird the storyline you either please the fans put on a ripper of a match with two actual AAA guys, and they get screwed out of it by Tully or whatever. I think the most important thing is for them to get over by doing loads of spectacular awesome stuff, which will act as an indirect preview to FTR versus Lucha Bros. Or they could just do more daft mask subterfuge stuff, (laughs) which... I'm not really into it, like... Yeah, I mean, like, there is a story to be told where maybe someone comes out and they're, you know, in mysterious costume and they go, oh, yeah, here it is, Ray Phoenix and Penel Zero Miedo, and then they all do stuff that makes you realise that ain't Penta and Ray, and then maybe, not an unmasking, perhaps, but maybe, like, an unmasking, another mask being underneath and then being like, you're not Ray Phoenix, yeah. you're not Penta, and maybe they then turn around into attack. I don't know, that's maybe a bit WWE for everything, but I'm, I'm fascinated by this. It's one of those where I'm, I'm fascinated by it as well, and I'm also worried by it. Yes. I, FTR have been involved in some fairly not great stuff. If you remember, they had a feud with the best friends, and they did the whole weenies thing, and they did a Titantron gag. This was like yeah. in late 2020. They had a little feud, mini feud with the best friends, and they called them weenies, and... The mocked up FTR on the Titan Tron. Like, yeah. In my heart of hearts, I'd like to think they've got something awesome lined up their sleeves. But why would you book something pretty bad and universally <laughs> loathed to go, gotcha, we're going to do something good? Why don't you do something good the whole time? Mm. So, honestly, my expectations are actually really low. <laughs> well, we'll see how that one plays out. Uh, another incredibly intriguing match tonight is Cody Rhodes versus Andrade El Idolo. You sense this is leading towards some sort of allegiance between Andrade and Malachi Black, of course, and Cody and Pac. But this Cody Rhodes weekly development of his interaction with the crowds is something I just can't take my eyes and my ears, I suppose, off of. There are loads of, like, describing words and adjectives you can use to throw at this Cody Malachi Black continuation the potential of that tag team match that's been heavily teased for 
full gear. Hot, because it's very loud and the live fans are into it. That's accurate. Fascinating. That's also accurate because I don't know what Cody's doing. I know that he knows or thinks he knows what he's doing. I hear you. Yeah. So it's the Do odd. You? It's, it's <laughs> one of the, yeah, it's the oddest things. Like, does he hear us or does he not? Is he? It's just I'm dying to know how he navigates this. So it's fascinating. It's hot. It's loud. It's also really confusing and maybe a bit lame in the case of are Malachi Black and Andrade aligned because the wife and the manager have drawn them together. Mm. But like, if that's the case, and you are pedantic about this, and people like to be pedantic, people like to suspend their disbelief and think of it as a halfway realistic development. If you're... If the off-screen implication is that Andrade and Malachi Black are aligned together because they've got a mutual mate in Zelina Vega. <laughs> if you think about this just like one layer deeper... Can you imagine, like, a Satanist guy hanging around with a rich guy? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. well, yeah, possibly in corridors of power across America. Oh, you yes, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It's just like, yeah, you have to imagine them at the dinner table a bit, and it's just like it's preposterous. Like, it, it legitimately is preposterous to me that they are mates. It's it's all very really. It's all a bit mm. of a stretch that makes you think of suboptimal glimpses into their interior life. But at the same time, the match will be great. The live fans are into it. Pack flipping people off is awesome. Yes. Um, the only word I wouldn't use to describe something that is really popular and interesting is great. It's not unanimously great. I'm not like bang into it. I've got questions, loads of questions about it, but they are often, in the feeling of the moment, answered by, all the interactions, great. The angles have been brilliantly performed. Andrade obviously doesn't speak English as his first language, but he had a composure and a, he drew me into his words. Little bitch. Little bitch. It was great. Little bitch. It was absolutely fantastic. Um, it's just not good. It's a weird thing, <laughs> this. Good, but it's like, it's class. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. I was going to say then, like, I remember one of the big things for me is, you know, when people say, like, let it play out, let's see where they're going with this, is the summer of punk, obviously. I come back to that because I remember watching it and going... There's a reason why Kevin Nash was just powerbombed him and they had to cash in. And obviously it was just making up as they go along. It's a load of bollocks. This, you know, you, th you think with the AEW stuff, they've got a plan here. They're going somewhere with this and they can adapt that plan as and when they decide uh, how the crowd should receive Cody or how they'd like at least. You know, they're not just going to plough forward. You're a babyface. You're a babyface. We're not going to change him. Though, although he said, I'm not going to turn, etc. But you've got like these exterior players in all this, in the central feud, which has been Cody versus Malachi, in Andrade and Pac, who just put a banger on the other week between against each other, second one of theirs together. And then, like like you say, the, the like I was like, why is this bollocks of him? To, I'm not going to turn and all that. And then Pac's there sat flipping people off. And I'm like, I think I'm into this again yeah. now. It, it's such a roller coaster. this. We're not going to preview it anymore because we're going to wrap things up pretty quickly here. So let's conclude. And um, we'll talk more about it tomorrow as we you know, discuss it and review it in full detail. Let's conclude by assuming that tonight we find out the three members of American Top Team that will join the men of the year to face the inner circle at full gear. As a result of that win last week for Sammy Guevara, he gets to pick the three. Who do you think they're going to select? Is it is it straightforward as, as it seems this, with, you know, your Andre Olovskis, your Junior Dos Santos's? Well, if it was as straightforward as you'd expect, you would expect them, in turn, to just say, right, okay, well, it's going to be Ethan Page, Scorpio Sky, Jorge Masvidal, uh, Junior Dos Santos, and Andre Olovsky? Yeah. 
why would they make a thing a tease, tease yeah. unless there was I just don't know why you would tease it's like which member which five members of the pinnacle <laughs> yes. are we gonna fight if we're the inner circle we're gonna do Wardlow MGF FTR and Sean Spears you know what I mean it's like it's all very odd so I've, this is my take because I didn't think about it it would be the natural conclusion um, to how much this total jackass who doesn't have the same values as the fans and all the rest of it. If, in fact, Dan Lambert is positioned as the fifth guy. That's what I suggested, yeah. I and if he is in that match and he's given it the big in, like cocky, threats, taunts, like if everyone his team beats up like Guevara, he can get a punch in and then Scarborough back out. They can build him getting his dick pounded into the dirt. <laughs> that would be like, one, it would be awesome. These people hate Lambert. If they can make them hate him even more in the context of the match at full gear, and at the very end he takes the portfall after getting like, like the Vince McMahon in the bar yeah, like every finisher done to him by every member of the inner circle, like the fans will go ballistic. They've been waiting for him to get punched in the face since, what, July when mm. he first appeared in AEW? So I'm thinking that has to be the way they go. Otherwise, what a waste of time it is to do this particular mystery thread. Yeah, me and Andy were talking about this before we came in here. He suggested Paige Van Zandt being potentially selected. I, I hate that. But then you'd need like a Thunder Rosa, I think we suggested as if a... Kenny Omega can't get into gender wrestling where a woman takes the move of a man in actual AEW canon as an AVP who's a staunch proponent of the form. I don't think Tony Khan's going to say, oh, that's a good idea. That was my idea, actually. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he's going to do that. It's just something Tony Khan doesn't like. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, you, I completely agree with you in terms of the selections. I think, I think they pick Jorge Masvidal because I think as much as you know, he's dangerous. Jericho wants to get his own back on him, so yeah. obviously he wants him in the match. Junior Dos Santos, you know, they've already tried him out in the ring. Uh, this isn't what they're saying, but in terms of he's got a bit of a... T I think Andre Olavsky, no offence to him, I just feel like you had J JDS in the ring, so let's just have him again because it's JDS and he's arguably slightly more recognisable than Olavsky. And then is when the moment you get Dan Lambert going, you fools, you've got the men of the year who are already two of the hardest men in AEW and you've picked... Jorge Masvidal, the baddest mother on the planet. He's got a belt and everything that says it. And then you've got Junior Dos Santos, former UFC heavyweight champion. And then who else are you going to pick? And they go, you. Yeah. And he's like, oh. Like, he still thinks he's protected, yeah. but he knows that maybe he has to get involved. I just think that's the way things are going to go. You could have your Paige Van Zandt. You could Andre, you have your Andre Lovskis. I mean, look at noble fighters at American Top Team. You could have Bobby Lashley, technically. Yeah. I don't think they're going to go down that way. You know, Yolma Romero, Jazzinho, Rosenstruck, great fighters. But I'd not even be on telly like no, exactly. And the, you know, you, you know, you would, you would, no, you would probably recognize a, a Dustin Poirier or something. But like the, to select him as well is just dumb for the inner circle. I feel like it's people we've already seen, and if it's not, you know, Paige Van Zandt's other half that they're pointing in there, it'll be 
Dan Lambert, I reckon. But let us know your thoughts. Let us know your predictions uh, on that and uh, tonight's show on Twitter. Apologies for keeping this one short. A very busy day in the What Culture Office. We will cover off everything tomorrow, though, in your usual AW Dynamite review. Let us know your thoughts at What Culture WWE on Twitter. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at M. Sidgwick. And you can get his book uh, all about AEW and the rise of it. Uh, whatculture.bigcartel.com, of course. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. And make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcast from for daily wrestling podcasts, including our review of AEW Dynamite with Michael Hamlet tomorrow. But for now, this has been the AEW Dynamite preview. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. <laughs>